Welcome to the Leadership Playbook. My name is Emily Hawkins. How I used to introduce myself is, I have 15 years in supply chain, creating and leading teams, streamlining processes, managing millions of dollars. Except that's not what I do anymore. I'm a career and life coach. And I wanna take you on the journey of how to lead yourself, how to take your career to the next level, whatever that may be. I'm gonna give you tangible advice on exactly how to do what you want to do. Lead and love your life. Hello, and welcome to the Leadership Playbook. I have a guest today that I know you're going to absolutely love. He is my brother from another mother that I just realized and met in January. And I'm so excited to bring him to you because he's helped shift my mindset on some things and opened up possibilities for how I run my business, how I think through challenges. And I really wanted to share this special person with you today, Brad Bizjack, live in person. Well, we're over Zoom, but you know, uh, (laughs) (laughs) Welcome. Welcome. Tell us a little bit about you, Brad. What's going on, my friend? I'm super excited to be here. I can't wait to serve your audience and add some tremendous value. Well, my name's Brad. Uh, (laughs) So nice to meet our listeners. Um, I'm a certified high performance coach. So my specialty is really bringing out the very best in people, owning what they are worth and helping people to take what they really care about and turn it into more income and more impact in the world. And so that's what we're really about. And it, it stems from this whole idea of where I began, which is not feeling like I was worthy of more. And once I overcame that, I realized, wow, I have a gift that I need to share with people. And that's kind of why we're here today. I love that. And I know my audience, we all struggle with enoughness and worthiness because I don't know about you, but I, at some point in my life, I mean, you go to college and they give you like a certificate. I feel like that's like, you are now valuable in some way, shape or form, which is actually a misnomer. It doesn't matter how many certificates you get. I have several, they don't actually mean anything. Um, It's what you do with it and how confident you are in your abilities. And, you know, most of the people that listen to this think they don't have the right skills, enough skills, enough experience. Um, how do you get past something like that, Brad? What's your, what are your opinions on that? Well, I have a belief that success comes from good judgment and good judgment comes from experience and typically experience comes from bad judgment. And so what we need to do is we need to make mistakes and learn and grow. But what most people make the mistake of doing is they think that they need to graduate in order to get to a place where they can learn a certain qualification. It's like, we need to get qualified to get qualified. That's not how it works. And really what people are facing is just fear. And so if we're afraid that there's more out there for us or that we're worthy of more, what typically happens is we'll mask our fear, which is just, I'm afraid that I'm going to fail, or I'm afraid that I'm going to be successful. We'll mask that with this whole idea of, I need to make sure I'm qualified. I mean, I, I couldn't qualify for that. I'm not enough for that role, right? And we, we make sure that we're qualified for it when really all qualifications do is all it's, all you're trying to do through qualifications is give yourself permission to take a leap of faith. 
That's all you're trying to do through qualifications. And so, for example, I own a coaching business and I did not have my first certification until three and a half years after I started it. And the reason is, be, and it was already super successful before I did that. The only reason I got the qualification was because I liked the education style and I wanted to continue my education. But what most people do is they use a qualification or a certain type of education or whatever it is as the reason as to why they can't claim more. And when they do that, really what it's saying is, I'm afraid of seeing what the next level of me looks like. Oh my God. So true. Amen. Can I get an amen? <laughs> amen. And that's what most people do. And so really, we just need to call it for what it is. Let's let go of this whole idea of, I need to be more qualified. Let's let go of this idea that we need to have more education. We're just afraid. That's all that's really going on. And fear is normal. Fear is biological. Like if you think about it, this thing, your brain is 2 million years old and you weren't worried 2 million years ago about getting another job. You weren't worried about getting a pay raise. You were worried about the saber-toothed tiger that was hiding in the bushes that was going to eat your children. That's what you were worried about 2 million years ago. We don't have the same threats, but we do have the same mind. And so we link up getting promoted or getting another job or getting a pay raise or doubling your income with the same amount of emotional intensity as a tiger attack. Mm -hmm. And so if we go into it with the same fear as a tiger attack, no wonder we want to hold back. No wonder we want to stay safe. And so what we need to do is recondition that because what we're doing is we're linking success to pain. And when you link success to pain, you're not going to want to go anywhere. What I always see is people say, well, I want to be successful, but I also don't want to be rejected. Well, in order to become successful, you need to become rejected. And as human beings, everything we do is driven by our need to avoid pain or gain pleasure. And so most people do more to avoid pain, right? Most people would rather do more to prevent $50,000 from getting stolen from them than make $50,000. And so when it comes to getting another job or getting a pay raise or whatever it is, we link up, yeah, I want success, but I really don't want to fail. Oh, I really yeah. don't want to be less than, I really don't want to get rejected from this. Mm -hmm. And really all of this comes down to feeling like you are worthy of what's next. I can go into that more in a second, but what are your thoughts on that before I keep going? I, I love this because it's true. In fact, I tell my students all the time that if you are not getting some form of rejection letter, uh, you're not putting yourself out there enough yeah. uh, because I mean, honestly, think about you and I run businesses and mm -hmm. on social media, I'm sure you got some haters. I know I do. Uh, One or two. They follow me around a lot. Well, you know, and there's this great thing called block and also delete <laughs> that I just love. I love both of those buttons, but I actually personally love when somebody starts attacking because I feel like I've clearly hit a nerve for them. And so there's something there. So I feel like it's a great guidepost of like, mm, I need to lean more into this. Now I still delete the comment, but I feel like if we're not somehow getting rejected, then how do we even know what direction we're supposed to go? Mm -hmm. And I have a personal opinion on the definition fail. Like, so if you look at de the definition of fail in the dictionary, pick a dictionary, doesn't matter which one, one of the definitions, like most words, there's like three or four definitions. One of them is actually the absence of. So it means like you are not doing something. I failed to do the thing. And so that's where I hang my hat on failure is if you are still in the game, 
then there is no failure. It's just learning opportunities of "Mm, not that direction. Okay. I'm going to go over here, but you're not stopping. I never want to say personally, I failed to show up. I failed to attempt that thing. In fact, Brad and I are in a program that was a year ago for me, a, a, a study and something that I did to challenge my own clients. Uh, so we are in a mastermind, a business mastermind together. And I personally was like, I'm, my business isn't big enough back to the enoughness, but you know what, if I'm going to teach this, I'm going to apply to this thing and let them reject me. And they did it. <laughs> and so that was the craziest thing. I was like, wait, what? I, you want to actually work with me? This is interesting. Uh, and, and so let other people reject you. That's totally fine. Um, get the haters, all that. It's totally fine because it means you're on to something. So sorry to go on that tangent, but that's where that led for me. I love that. Yeah. We need to allow ourselves to get rejected instead of rejecting ourselves. Right. Yeah. I think we reject ourselves from greatness, reject ourselves from more when really that's if you get rejected from other people, that means that you're on the right track. And so it doesn't matter how many rejections you get. And all it takes is one yes to change your life. That's all it takes. And so I think what oftentimes happens when it comes to just any endeavor of success, what we oftentimes do is attach a pain and a fear to it of, you know, this is going to mean something negative, or this is not going to work out in my favor. And there's a reason for that. And it's because everything that we do in life will create some sort of fear within us. Now, what most achievers say is I'm stressed or I'm overwhelmed or I'm exhausted when really all that means is I'm scared. Yes. In fact, if you follow, if I follow the trail of your stress, I'll find what you're actually afraid of. And what everyone's actually afraid of is that they're not enough. And if they're not enough, we won't be loved. That's what you're actually afraid of. And so when it comes to getting another job, if you just say, okay, I'm just afraid that I'm not enough and I won't be loved. Then you realize, wow, that's stupid. I'm already enough. I'm already loved. And so it's normal because this is actually biological. If you think about it, as babies, if babies aren't given physical love when they're born, they will die. It's mm-hmm. called failure to thrive. And so we need love. And so if we are putting ourselves in situations where love could be withheld, then we feel like that's a threat on our life. Mm-hmm. But when we realize we're always going to be loved, we'll always be enough, then that threat starts to dissipate. And so all of this can be linked down to this idea of worthiness. This idea of self-worth. Am I enough for that job? Am I enough for more money? Am I enough for more pay? Whatever it is, am I enough for that promotion? And if you think about feeling like you are enough, if that is a common fear that you're experiencing, then you'll notice that that fear follows you everywhere you go. And no matter what certifications you get, no matter what job title you have, you still don't feel like enough. And you'll bounce from peak to peak to peak and goal to goal to goal going, where's the joy? Where's the fulfillment? I thought this would make me feel like I mattered. When really you've always been worthy. You're worthy right now. You'll always be worthy. And so I actually have an equation for everyone here on worth, self-worth, being enough. It's write this down, friend. It is worth equals love over time. 
I love that. Worth equals love over time. That's what worth is. But what most people make the mistake of doing is they place that love on other people's shoulders. They say how I am responded to by my spouse, my kids, my boss, whoever it is, that dictates how worthy I am. And so on the days when you receive a lot of love, a lot of praise, you're like, woohoo, I'm worthy. And on the days when you don't, you're like, I am not. And so it's this constant up and down chaotic roller coaster because we're so obsessed with the effects. And what I mean by that is if we take a look at our lives in the areas where we're not happy, like our, let's say our career or marriage or money or parenting, whatever, if we take a look at the circumstances in our lives and we say, those things make me feel a certain way, what we're saying is I am not in control of how I feel. We're saying, I give away my power to circumstance when really, and though those things do not cause how you feel, those things are the effect of how you've been feeling. And so if you take a look at, let's use the example of marriage. If your marriage is off, right? That is not something that causes you to feel a certain way. That is the effect of how you've been feeling. So if you obsess over the effects, the job, the marriage, the kids that aren't where you want it to be, and you obsess over the effects, then you forget the cause. And when you forget the cause, which is how you feel, you can't influence the effects. So you never change your life and you keep going down the same path. And so we have this equation, worth equals love over time. And we take a look at love as an effect, other people, when really we are the cause. So I want to change that equation to worth equals self-love over time. Oh, I love that. Yeah. That can change everything. When you actively give yourself love, Mm -hmm. you no longer worry that you're enough. And when you no longer worry that you're enough, you will put yourself in situations that will allow you to get promoted or get raises or get another job or whatever it is. Does that make sense before I keep going? I love that. And honestly, I would say, I think this is defined in my opinion is you stop caring about other, what other people think about every single thing that you do. Um, it's not that you stop caring about people. It's that their reaction to what you do changes how it affects you. Um, because you realize you're not on the same path as they're, they're on. Mm-hmm. And when it feels, when you start, I feel like it's an internal compass in a way, when you start honoring yourself, versus making sure that everyone else around you feels that what you're doing is worthy. Oh my goodness. The greatest things happen. I I see this with clients all the time where it's like they emit this glow about them and it's because they just started loving themselves because they see that they're enough. Mm -hmm. So I absolutely love this. It's that simple. I mean, if you think about it, one of the reasons why we don't put ourselves in situations to advance in our career is that same fear. It's because we're making up a meaning about what rejection is. And if you think about life, life is made up of two things. It's made up of events and the meaning you give to each event. That's your entire life. And so, for example, let's say that Emily and I are going into Jamba Juice because Jamba Juice sounds great right now. And I decide to open the door for Emily and she's so grateful that I opened the door. Why? Is it because I opened the door or is it because of her interpretation of what that gesture means? Because I could open the door for Emily and she could be like, I can get it myself, you chauvinistic pig. I don't need you. Right. But she would never do that. She's a lovely person. But the event never changed. It was the meaning to the event. So what meaning are you giving putting yourself 
in a situation that will allow you to grow? What meaning are you giving rejection? What meaning are you giving a pay raise? Meaning, the quality of the meaning you give things equals the quality of your emotions. The quality of your emotions equals the quality of your life. And so we just need to change the meaning we're giving to what we face. You can do that with rejection. You can do that with everything. But think about it like this too. You will only put yourself in growth situations to the level in which you think you're worthy of. And so if you don't feel worthy on the inside, then you won't put yourself out there to receive more money. But when you feel worthy on the inside, you're like, heck yeah, I deserve a $30,000 pay raise. And you put yourself out there to be able to receive that. Plus, when, when you do receive that role, which you will, doesn't it cause you to show up differently? It causes you to call on the highest version of yourself to show up to that role because you're stepping up, you're growing. And if you're not growing, you feel like you're dying. But one of the things that holds people back so much from putting themselves in situations to get to the next level is attachment to an outcome. And what do I mean by that? That means I am my results in life. When you are attached to an outcome, you believe that you are your results. And so if you believe your results, then when things are going great, you feel great. When things are crappy, you feel crappy. We need to be detached, which means we're going to do everything we possibly can to get to that next level. And the outcome does not determine how I feel about myself. So detachment just means it's not that you should own nothing. It's that nothing should own you. No, oh, that's I love that. Say that one more time. Cause that was really freaking good. De- <laughs> detachment is not that you should own nothing. It's that nothing should own you. I love that. That will change some lives if you allow it to. If you allow it. So so let's say, because this is definitely something I hear from clients. They were just fired, but the culture that they were fired from was also really toxic. So Mm -hmm. they were let go. So that means they did not leave of their own volition. Uh, could be for myriad reasons, uh, but then also the environment that they had been a part of for three to five years was toxic. Um, I call it like information hoarding, nobody's sharing information. They're only telling you about the things that have gone wrong. There's no like, wow, you're really great at this. Thank you. There's no gratitude. There's none of that. So what I've noticed is when somebody comes out of an environment like that, where by the way, this toxic environment also said, and we no longer want you. Uh, I look at it as a blessing, right? Because I don't think anything can grow in an environment like that. But if you were entering the job market with all of this on your shoulders, how do you change your thoughts to understand that you're incredibly valuable? Go. (laughs) <laughs> oh, that's so good. Such a beautiful question. So it comes back to the meaning. What's the meaning you're giving being fired? Is the meaning you're giving being fired that you failed? Is the meaning giving that you're giving being fired that you're not enough, you'll never perform? Or is the meaning you're giving being fired, heck yeah, now I have freedom. Like what's the meaning you're choosing to give that event? Start there because right there with a new meaning, you have completely different emotions about everything. And on top of that, one thing that I think is so common is that people expect negativity to not exist. Uh, And we're going to talk about this because this is something that, oh, 
<laughs> I have feelings on this. I used to go through my life pretending that everything was just peachy and just wonderful. That is called toxic positivity. It's going to your garden and saying, there are no weeds here and refusing to pull the weeds. You're not going to have a beautiful garden if you don't pull some weeds. And so we need to realize that negativity is one of the greatest gifts you can ever receive. Because without negative, you wouldn't appreciate the positive. Without night, you wouldn't appreciate sunlight, right? So we need to realize that negativity holds a powerful, powerful place in our lives. It's contrast. And without that contrast and that resistance, we wouldn't appreciate all the beauty and the gifts. So we need negativity to create us. And so anytime there's a negative situation or a problem, mm-hmm in someone's life, whether it's getting fired or anything, people don't want problems, but problems are just the gifts that we grow from. Problems are just the things that make us stronger. In fact, if you don't have problems, start begging for some, because the only people that don't have problems are dead. So problems are a sign of life. And so negativity is a sign of life. That's a sign that you see contrast in wanting something more. If you think about going to the gym, you lift weights and you push or pull against resistance to sculpt your muscles, right? Well, problems are just the resistance that you push or pull against to sculpt your character. That's all it is. And so we need to see these problems as a beautiful gift, getting fired as a gift, seeing it as just resistance that's causing us to see what could be. And so without a negative, without negative space in a photograph, it wouldn't pop. So my challenge to people here is look at being fired from the perspective of what meaning am I giving it? And without this, without that negative situation, there is no way I would appreciate the positive situation that's coming. I love that so much. Uh, when my daughter, when I became a second grade teacher, uh, during the pandemic, I'm not a second grade teacher. I have zero abilities in teaching. No one wants me to ever teach their child, including my <laughs> children. Um, the very next school year, the school sent out a survey saying like, what types, what qualities would you like in your child's teacher the very next year? And all I wrote was not me. Like <laughs> I don't want my kid to have me as a teacher, put her back in school. But anyway, we had great um, learning opportunities, but my favorite, and I felt like it was so wonderful during the pandemic, was this video on seeds and how they grow and the life cycle of seeds. And it's this little cartoon and they're walking you through, you know, uh, a seed needs moisture. So it needs water, it needs sunlight, and it needs some form of warmth to actually grow. Um, and that's typically in sort of, sort of soil or, or things. Then they go into the best place for a seed to grow. And this was the aha blow my mind moment. The best place for a seed to grow is when you think about animals, an animal sees an apple tree, right? And it eats the entire apple. It doesn't like eat part of it or cut it up or anything, right? It eats the whole thing. So where do you think that seed goes? Actually comes out in poop, which by the way, is filled with moisture, warmth, (laughs) and will be in the sun. So the best place for a seed to grow is literal crap. And I thought, (laughs) oh my God, this is so true of everything that we look at in our lives. We think we need the right environment for 
it's got to be like, I don't know, this perfect opportunity of, you know, everything's got to look right and be exactly perfect. And actually the best place to grow is a bunch of poop. So uh, everything you just said, just felt like that, that second. Amazing. I love that. (laughs) I love that so much. And so let's ask ourselves why we think that poop is a bad thing. So why is being fired a bad thing? It's not, it's only a bad thing because you're choosing to make it bad. I have a belief that changed my life, that life is always happening for me and not to me. And if we think about any time suffering exists, because suffering is any negative emotional state that you feel over a period of time, suffering is what will prevent us from getting that new role. If we feel crappy, we're not going to want to put ourselves out there. And so there's, I want to share my favorite quote of all time with you. Before I share that, we need to realize that expectations are the root of all suffering. If you ever feel bad about anything in life, it's because you expect that it should be different instead of appreciating how it is. Mm. That is the only reason you feel bad about something. And so my favorite quote of all time is when you trade your expectations for appreciations, your whole life changes in an instant. It's from Tony Robbins. When you're ex- when you trade your expectations for appreciations, your whole life changes in an instant. And so if we take our expectation of not being fired, of being praised as an amazing employee, all those things, those expectations, and we release them and appreciate it, see it as happening for us, not to us, then all of a sudden we'll find a meaning that will empower us to act and move forward in the book. I love that. I love that. And you know, I also believe that I, I actually, and I'm, I'm a board certified Tony Robbins coach. So you and I have a lot in common in terms of you're with Brendan Burchard, who I've taken several of his courses as well. That guy's amazing. Uh, one of the things I learned in that training that really changed the game for me that I wish I had heard years ago is that everyone has the best intentions. Mm-hmm. So even knowing, like, I'm going to use Hitler as an example, which is like a terrible example, Right. In his warped mind, he thought he was doing good. Mm -hmm. He thought he was doing something to make the world a better place. Now, we all know, no, that's not how the world works. But when you think about that bad boss, that bad workplace, it now has helped me reevaluate the situation and say, that person is hurting and they think this is the solution to fixing that. Mm-hmm. or they think this is the best way of handling the situation because they've got some other things going on. And for some reason that helps me release the power that that person, because I think all of us think that there, that there is a boss that has this like diagram of how they're going to ruin our lives built somewhere. <laughs> right. Nobody's thinking that much about you. Right. They're thinking about what's in it for me. How can I get ahead And when we take back the power and realize we actually have the majority of people I work with have two working legs. Uh, I have to say the majority because there are some people in wheelchairs and whatnot. The majority of people I work with have two legs and those legs can take you in and out of any room that you want. And understanding that you have that power is to me the most powerful thing. So I love, I love what you're saying here. That's so powerful. Oh, I love that so much. Like, yeah, because everyone has, like their opinion is right. 
Everyone's opinion is correct to them. And so here's an interesting way of thinking about it. And you can relate this to a boss. You can relate this to your childhood. It's whatever you want to relate it to. If you're listening to this, think about your best qualities. How many of those qualities wouldn't be there if you weren't hurt by someone? Mm. If you think about like, how many guys are better parents because you didn't like the way your parents parented you are better in marriage because you saw an example of divorce. I'm not speaking about my life at all, right? Like <laughs> I am speaking about my life. Like it's, it formed us. And so when it comes to a boss or anyone negative, think about it like this. If that person were who you wanted them to be, you wouldn't be you. Yeah. So it was happening for you. So my challenge for everyone here is, what if the worst days of your life were secretly the best days of your life in disguise? And what if your pain has a gift inside of it to lead you to emotional freedom? And what if you adopt a belief that no matter what happens, it's happening for me? When you realize that the people that hurt you, your boss, your partner, anyone were meant to, and it wasn't wrong because it was creating you, then you instantly have freedom to go to what's next. Yeah. I just love that so much. It's so much more powerful to be like, I control my destiny. Uh, and, and the group that Brad and I are actually a part of, we're in a mastermind together. The energy in that room is electric because everybody sees possibility. And I've just never been around an entire group of people on fire for problems. You know, we're all helping each other. And nobody's like, so I'm quitting, you know, or like, so my business is done. It's, it's all like, and so then I'm going to do this other thing and I'm going to try this other thing. And it's really exciting. I mean, I, if you are not around people that believe in possibility, find people that are about possibility um, because it's such a game changer. Uh, and I think that's part of it. I don't know about you, Brad, but proximity to possibility makes such a big difference. And it's one of the reasons why I'm so glad that you're in my sphere because you've helped me think bigger just in so many ways. Um, and, and the other thing that I love, yes, exactly. Uh, Brad's putting a heart up that I just love. There was a gentleman in our group that wrote this beautiful thing about service and how we are, what it means to serve others and how we are here to serve at a bigger level. And of course, I'm just bawling hearing this. There, I don't think there was a dry eye in the room when he read that. It was absolutely beautiful. And what I challenge every single person that's listening to this today to learn and know is that you are serving others as well. And you get to decide how little or how much you serve and how well you do it and the person that you serve first is you. And when you understand your value, it radiates from you and it, it really infects everyone you're around so that they see their worthiness and their value and it grows. I, I've personally worked with 2,500 people and I ask each of them, what is something that lights you up? And after reading all of their responses, every single person says, to help other people, which has restored my faith in humanity. <laughs> but the only way you can help other people is to first understand that you are worth and you are enough. You are everything that needs the world needs 
and just being you and showing up in that unique way will help so many people. So that's powerful. My friend Zig Ziglar said service to many is what leads to greatness. I love that so much. And, And if you think about the law of income, right? There's a law to income. Your income is directly proportional to the number of lives you touch and how well you touch them. Mm. That's it. So if you think about, let's use the example of school teachers. I believe that school teachers deserve to make millions of dollars a year. And the way that most school teachers teach violates the law of income. They're capped in how many people they can serve. Well, you getting this next role, does it serve more people in a bigger way? to connect to a bigger change in the world. And if the answer to that is yes, that's how your income is going to go up. But it starts with service. Mm -hmm. Service first, money is the byproduct of service. And so if you serve other people, and the only way to serve other people is by serving yourself. And this is so important for people to understand. Taking care of yourself and your mental health and how you feel physically and emotionally that is in the service of others. Because if you don't take care of yourself, you can't serve. And so we need to make sure we take care of how we feel emotionally so that we can put ourselves in situations to create more impact. So basically, that's just me saying I agree. Oh, my gosh. Well, I want people to know where they can find you. Where can people find Brad Bizjack to learn more? The worldwide interwebs. Um, (laughs) What is this thing you're talking about? I'm not sure I've heard of the internet. (laughs) So uh, my Instagram is just at Brad Bizjack, but you can also, um, we also have a free quiz. We can get into our ecosystem if you guys want. Um, A lot of times people are wondering, like, what's holding them? What are the limiting beliefs that are stopping them? What's getting in their way from the next level of success? And it might just be how you are currently programmed to try to succeed. And so I created a quiz. I've worked with at this stage now, I don't even know, like 10,000 people all over the world. And I've recognized some patterns, like patterns that cause people to thrive, patterns that keep people stuck. And I've kind of narrowed it down into four different buckets. And if you take this quiz, it will show you just what's getting in your way. What's the belief, the thought that's stopping you and what is actually serving you based on your current archetype. So it's called what's your unique success archetype. If you ever see some people that seem to effortlessly succeed and they just crush it, but you see other people that are like consistently overwhelmed and exhausted, Mm -hmm. there's a reason for that. And I'm going to show you what that is in this quiz. So you can find out what your biggest beliefs that are serving you are and the limiting beliefs holding you back from that next role are. So you can find that at quizzes.bradbizjack.com or you can just hang out with me on Instagram, whatever it is. That's uh, it'll I'm going to link that up in the show notes as well. So you can flick up if you're on iTunes and uh, click that and take it. It's really powerful. Um, I, Brad showed me this the other day and I was like, oh my goodness, my audience would absolutely love this because the thing that I love most about people that enter your sphere, my sphere is that they're ready for more. Mm -hmm. And sometimes they just need to get out of their own way. Well, we all need to get out of our own way. Right. And having helpers, you know, um, I say this all the time. It's a Mr. Rogers quote, but find the helpers because, where there's helpers, there's hope. And there's, there's no shame in help. Help is actually 
we're all supposed to be connected to one another. And so this quiz, I feel like is such a great door, uh, doorway into self-exploration, discovery, understanding more and getting out of your own way so that you can help more people, uh, which I just think is awesome. So Brad, thank you so much. This was absolutely amazing. Any final thoughts, anything you want to share? If there's a pull in your heart and you're listening to this and there's a pull in your heart that you know you're meant for so much more than what you're getting out of life right now, don't ignore that pull. Don't listen to what society says that says, sit down, shut up, be quiet and get an A plus, be the exception and put yourself in situations that cause you to grow. And growing is uncomfortable, yes, but if you don't feel like you're growing, you feel like you're dying. So you are made for more. You just have to have the courage to put yourself out there even though you're afraid. Oh, I so love that. Well, thank you so much for being here today. Um, I'll link everything up in the show notes. I'm just so glad that you're in my sphere. Did you love what you heard today and you want more? Sign up for my weekly email in the show notes. It's packed with tips and tricks to lead and love your life. You can also follow me on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram by typing in Emily Hawkins, the number four, the letter U. I'll see you here next week.